Hello, Hawks fans. Welcome to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks podcast. I am Tim Ogles, and today we'll be breaking down a Hawks win over the Detroit Pistons, 131-24. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mikey Kabrinsky. Mikey, this game felt like a must-win for the Hawks. What do you say? Yeah, must-wins in, in December are, are you know not, not really my thing, but with the fact that the Pistons were on a 23-game losing streak coming into this game, it definitely felt like, with how the season's gone so far for the Atlanta Hawks, that they needed to win this game. And while it wasn't pretty, they, they got the win. And that's what's going to stow up in the standings overall. Yeah, I felt like in this one, the Hawks were like you, they had to find a way to win. Like Bogey was out. Of course, Jalen Johnson continues to be out. Good news from, from the Jalen Johnson side of things. He, he's starting to shoot and shoot around. He, he's looking like he's doing more and more work. He was participating in warm-ups with the Hawks. So that's a good sign. Hopefully we see him soon. But yeah, I felt like the Hawks had definitely had to win this game with the Pistons being on that long losing streak. They're two away from the single season record. Um, yeah, so you have to win that. You have to. Well, Rough times for Pistons fans right now, for sure. Uh, but in this game overall, a tale of two halves is is kind of kind of fitting uh, again for the Hawks, really, because it overarching and for some specific players, which we'll get on later in the show. But in the first half, the Hawks really really settled in defensively. Now the Pistons aren't some offensive juggernaut, but Atlanta really really fine tuned their offense. Uh, slowed down Cade 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 Cunningham. Sorry, Jaden Ivey wasn't really able to get to the rim uh, easily in that first half. And you know the Hawks the Hawks ended up only giving up fifty two points uh, at halftime. And now in, in the second half that changed. Uh, the the Pistons scored over over thirty points and forty points in that fourth quarter. Uh, so there is some, some concern there. But overall. The Hawks, the Hawks did what they needed to do. They came out, they won the game, and and only really had one bad quarter uh, on offense, which is what they when they scored twenty three points in the second. Uh, Trey Young is, was brilliant again. Dejounte Murray, rough, uh, sorry, rough second half, but definitely definitely came definitely came out with energy, good defense in that first half. So. You know, the stars for Atlanta, uh, similar to, to the overarching score, uh, if, if you look at that box score, quarter by quarter. Yeah, something I, I me as a Trey Young fan, I, I love seeing him get under the skin of Jay Nivey and Marcus Sasser, like the, those kind of things where it, it was Trey, you know, giving, giving them a lesson on, you know, how in the NBA it is almost impossible to guard him one-on-one without him drawing a foul and getting to the free throw line it, it was phenomenal to watch I, I felt like in this game something I, I just kind of highlight one player before we move into the you know the first quarter Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay's finishing inside in this game was phenomenal uh watching him go at Bagley watch him go at Wiseman and finish at the rim with power was something that I wasn't expecting to see but but it was definitely uh nice to see yeah re- revenge game if, if you will for for Sadiq Bay here obviously play, playing for Detroit his whole career before coming to Atlanta at the deadline and yeah um the Hawk, Sadiq for Sadiq in general it just was great to see see the ball go in the basket for him he's been in a really rough shooting slump and t- tonight he broke out of it in a big way had a great game so so really, really good stuff uh from Sadiq and honestly uh from from the Hawks front court in general tonight yeah and we'll, we'll go ahead and move on to the first so in the first quarter the Atlanta Hawks came out firing it from deep they were six for six um from deep to start out this game 
Um, they got out to an early 17-8 lead. DeAndre Hunter, um, two quick threes to start this game, one on a step back and one on a catch and shoot. I thought he played phenomenal tonight. Um, the defense was still lackluster a little bit from DeAndre just because I think that knee's still giving him a little bit of a problem. But I thought that he, he was really good tonight. Yeah. Um, the whole front court, De- DeAndre Hunter, Sadiq Bay offensively, everybody was getting in, involved in that first quarter. DeJounte made two threes early in that first quarter as well. You'd love to see him getting up, getting up his three point shots. So the Hawks really took advantage uh, of a Pistons team that came out lackadaisically, honestly, it, they've been down near 20 points every first quarter. It seems like for the past week, week and a half. And while it didn't quite get to 20 points here, uh, the Hawks definitely, the Hawks definitely imposed their will on them early in this first quarter. And as we get, as we look at the other side of the floor on, on defense, they were very physical with Detroit. Yeah, I, I thought that they they really brought the uh, defensive effort. Like we we've talked about the Hawks um, being lackluster on defense to say the least, and guys not making rotations. But I felt like the rotations were a whole lot crisper to start this game. I felt like down low, Capello's banging like and. Whenever those things kind of happen, only good things happen for the Hawks. But one one key emphasis that I saw definitely in the first quarter and into the second quarter was the emphasis on getting rebounds. That is something this Hawks team needs is, you know, to be dominant on the boards because when Anyaka comes on, the Hawks normally struggle on the boards, and I felt like they did a whole lot better. Yeah, and Anyeka, not not the tallest center in the world, and when he's not with Jalen Johnson on the floor, it's really a bunch of small guys trying to gain rebound for the Hawks. So uh, when, when you can control the boards and – and the Hawks ended up winning the the battle on the boards tonight, thirty six to forty. That's all. That's always a plus. Yeah, and going in a little bit further in the first, uh, Garrison Matthews first sub. What what a first half he had. I, I thought that it was it was pretty good. Um, he did have a, a bad bad shot in the first where he uh, he goes up for. A, um, Garrison likes to shoot on the run. So, like, for me, I always look at it as probably not the best shot just because that's the way he likes to shoot. But it, it was an okay shot, I guess, for his standards. And then on the other end, he, he gives up an and one. I think I think Garrison, offensively in the first half, was really good. And in, the sec- in the second half, the Pistons kind of targeted him, especially Jaden Ivey, uh, when he was able to get to the rim using his speed, uh, elite athleticism. He was able to get to the rim really easily and and kind of uh, take Garrison Matthews out of out of his rhythm that he had in that in that first first half. But I want to sp- speak a little bit about the the brand of defense the Hawks came out with, uh, especially Dejounte Murray. Cade Cunningham's a big guard; he's a legit six four six five guard. And but no, he's he may be closer to six six than than six five. But he he's a strong guard. And he's gonna he's gonna get to the basket. He's gonna want to bully you. Dejounte didn't take any of that in that first half. He was on he was on Cade, just locked down, not being able to get to his spots. And unfortunately, while we didn't see that the whole game, this is what we what Hawks fans want to see from from Dejounte on a, on a nightly basis. That the that defensive point of attack defense that everyone loved him for in San Antonio, the Hawks can get that from Dejounte more often than not. This team's going to go places, especially when Jalen comes back. Yeah, and I, I think for the Hawks, it was nice to see some early Seth Lundy minutes. I thought that you know he played great defense in his minutes. I felt like that he he really kind of was a momentum shifter a little bit on defense. Definitely his rotations. 
defense. And once he got in the game, Garrison back-to-back threes. One of them, he had a uh, and one opportunity and ended up getting a uh, miss in the free throw. Sadiq Bay tips it back out and he bombs another three for <laughs> ended up being like a six-point play. Yeah, six-point play there for Garrison. That was that was a funny swing. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it was. There, I think I think the the best part about what the Hawks bench is doing right now is these guys aren't normally playing or weren't playing when this roster is healthy. I mean, Seth Lundy probably is not playing. Garrison Matthews was playing very little bit. Wesley was playing a little bit over him when when he was when he was out of his, uh, done with his calf issue, but. I think what these guys are doing is they're staying ready. Garrison, after after a rough showing in the first few games without Jalen, he's had an impact seemingly drawing charges every game. That's, of course, that's what he's known for. But he's now hitting a couple threes. Of course, you've got Wesley Matthews, uh, gritty point of attack defense, the, the guy who's going to put the, uh, direct pressure on the ball. And then you've got... Seth Lundy coming in, making an impact defensively. Now he didn't. Now while he didn't score, ha- make that big of an impact on offense. Just his presence out there kind of replaces Bogey. A Bogey obviously is is more of an offensive threat than Lundy, but just the threat of a three point shot out there makes a huge difference, even if he's not impacting the game directly in the box score. Yeah, for Lundy, I think that you know. His rotations were refreshing to see because we've seen some really uh, bad rotations uh, defensively for the Hawks. And something this Hawks team suffer, suffers from is overhelping. And I felt like he didn't really overhelp very, very much. And whenever you don't overhelp and you have confidence in your guy finishing the play defensively, it gives away that kickout three-point shot. And... I felt like the Hawks just, you know, had an answer for that. Yeah, we'll move on here a little bit. Trey Young in this game, and this is going to be a common theme throughout this show, Tim. He was slicing up Detroit's defense with ease with his passing. This was one of the best Trey Young games as far as his passing goes that I've ever seen in my life. He was he was sensational. And and, you you mentioned four four in a row games of thirty and ten. This dude is just playing out of his mind right now. It's awesome to see. Yeah, I mean, Trey Trey was phenomenal. Like, it's getting to the point now where it's becoming regular. Um, Trey is on a different level when it comes to passing. I, he had one of the nastiest passes to Nyeka Kongu on a swing around. Like he did a, a, a ballerina pirouette spin around and caught OO in the lane by himself for an easy layup. Of course, unfortunately, Nyeka ended up missing the layup, but the vision that Trey Young has is unmatched, and I'm just going to go and say he's the best passer in the league, bro. That's all there is to it. Yeah, he's definitely got an argument for that one. And then uh, speaking of vision, good challenge by Quinn Snyder here um, when Garrison Matthews had, had three fouls actually in the first half in this one. So definitely a bit of foul trouble. But uh, the third one was reversed as uh, a, he had a clean block, and th- it was it was challenged by Quinn. Good challenge. You get the timeout back, and you get the stop. Hawks up 38-25, to 25, heading into the second quarter. Yeah, and they ended up winning that jump ball that came off the challenge, and, you know, they ended up being what I would think would be a um, five-point swing. So when you have those kind of swings in a game, it creates momentum. And, you know, moving into the second – I felt like Sadiq Bay and Garrison really took off. The t- the charge king, Garrison Matthews, drawing another charge right there. And for for Sadiq Bay, it was just re- it was refreshing for him to to just see see some shots go in. I know I know I said that before 
But when his primary role on this team is to shoot the ball and it doesn't go in, it can look rough for him. This game was just the complete opposite, and he had it going from the early onset. Yeah, and in this game, we saw that the Hawks are still the Hawks still have DeAndre on a minute restriction. He sat for a really long time between the first and the second. He did come on later in the second when DeJounte came on. But um, for him, you know, with the minutes restriction, I think he only ended up with 29 minutes tonight and still having 19 points, shooting the ball efficient, efficiently. Maybe they're they're doing that as a pre- preventative measure to, to keep his knee, you know, kind of going on the right path and, and keep him from further injuring what, what he's got going on. For for me, like it's working, whatever it is. Yeah, he's playing. He's playing great on the offensive end, especially. And speaking of uh, minute restrictions, Monty, Monty Williams did something strange uh, here in this game. Asar Thompson started this game for the Pistons. He played nineteen. He ended up playing only nineteen minutes, and it wasn't like he was in foul trouble. He had two fouls. And I, I just felt like, I don't know, with the way the Hawks were scoring in this game, having over 30 points in every quarter except one, the Pistons could have used his defense. I, I guess Monty went with somebody else, but I thought that was a particularly strange, especially for a guy who, who plays above average with his size and, and would have helped the Pistons. Yeah, I would have never predict that Jaden Ivey would have had more minutes than SR. Um, just because Monty doesn't really like playing Ivy very much, I think he was kind of forced into playing yeah, Ivy as many minutes that than he played. But you know, yeah, this is just a weird decision because Asar is definitely their better defender on the best defender on this on their team. And for some reason, Monty decided that he wasn't going to play him that much. Yeah, as we move here a bit more into the second quarter, the the Hawks defense. Kind of slowly, it didn't fall off a cliff, but it, it kind of slowly try uh, was was decaying there with the Pistons having having a decent run um, to to end the half. They they ended up the Hawks ended up with a sixty one fifty two lead at at halftime, and more more of the Pistons. It was just them getting to the basket. Honestly, in the first quarter, Hawks did a really good job. Like I mentioned, the physical brand of defense, not letting Cade get to the rim, Ivy. Uh, and in start in the end of the second quarter, it was kind of the opposite of that. Now in the second half, we saw more of it, it on an extreme level, but uh, definitely, but definitely the Hawks. There were some early signs of uh, of warning there to end the first half. Yeah, and also in the second quarter, Clint Capella res- uh, went ahead and got his six thousandth rebound. So shout out to Clint Capella, six thousand rebounds. That's not easy. Um, we know as as the Hawks need Clint Capella on the floor definitely for rebounds, and to have him back tonight for the Hawks was uh, one of the key factors in this game because they they definitely were going to need him for for the rebounds. Oh, oh yeah, hundred percent. He ended up he ended up pulling down what what are you like this? Yeah, fifteen rebounds. Seven of those were offensive rebounds. So uh, yeah, Clint Capella continues to to be a workhorse right now and. With him dealing with a bone, a bone bruise in his knee, I honestly didn't expect to see him to play tonight. He was listed as questionable uh, with the news coming out yesterday that I, that he had that bone bruise. Uh, but yeah, I'm definitely glad he played because it was a huge part of the Hawks' success tonight. Yeah, and normally when you hear a guy has an MRI and then he's put day to day, you're expecting him probably to miss that first day for sure. And you know he toughed it out, um, and the Hawks reaped the benefits from it tonight. 
Um, I felt like the Hawks ended the second quarter pretty sloppy on two, you know, weird turnovers, one on a awkward out of bounds play and one where Trey kind of coughed it up coming down the floor. Um, the, the final score for the first half was 61, 52 Hawks. I, I felt like that was, you know, an okay spread, but something that I love seeing from the Hawks were shooting nine from 20 from deep. That is Quinn Snyder. That 23s and a half is Quinn Snyder to the T. Yeah, complete opposite, actually, of what of what Detroit did. Because if you look at their numbers, they shot 22 threes for the entire game. <laughs> and that's obviously, they don't have the shooting that, that the Hawks have. And Boy, Boyan, Isaiah Livers, and really Jaden, I mean, Kane will take threes, not the greatest three-point threat. But Boyan, Bogdanovich, and Isaiah Livers are really, and Joe Harris, but he barely plays. He's, they're really the only shooters that Detroit has that you really need to focus on and hone in uh, beyond the arc. So, uh, so the Hawks did a good job of, of making sure that the that Detroit didn't get up enough threes to, to actually make that a part of their game. Yeah, and we'll we'll go on to the third. I felt like in the third to start this one out, there was some some lazy turnovers where it was, you know, Cade had. I remember Cade getting a pass from Trey. He was trying to get it over to DeAndre, and it, it was just like, oh, brother, here we go again, because it, it was like it was an easy read for Kate. Like it, it like it was a perfect vision kind of thing where he, he saw he saw the pass coming, he broke on it and, you know, it was an easy dunk. Those kind of plays, um you can't really have those in these kind of games. And you know, right after that, DeAndre has a lazy take foul. And I normally am pretty cautious about the fouling part, but, the, you know, it was two on three. I felt like, you know, the Hawks had had enough guys back where they could have probably tried to stifle them and, and made them pull it out. But, you know, he takes the take foul. Fortunately, Cade misses the take foul, and the Hawks go away with that possession without giving up a point. But it, it's just – you can't make those kind of decisions and create a gap in this game where you start to feel comfortable, you know, moving on. Yeah, not 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 the greatest start out of halftime for the Hawks. They with that sequence, like you mentioned, they cut the lead to six. Uh, Detroit did, and it was Kate on the back of Cade Cunningham. He figured out something at halftime, and Dejounte didn't have a counter for it. It it was the complete opposite of that first half, and really the first quarter mainly uh, with with how Dejounte was defending him. Cade was getting to the rim. He was pulling up from mid-range. He he and DeJounte are very alike in that way that they don't try to burst a lot off the pick and roll. They'll try to hit their spots and, and you know, get in the groove. And that's exactly what Cade did uh, in, the, in the third quarter. Yeah, and, you know, as we move on, you know, the, in this game, we're going to talk about Trey Young's passing all night long because – Trey was phenomenal passing the ball into the game with 15 assists. I mean, it was and and these passes were not, you know, an easy chess pass. These passes were, you know, dimes that, you know, he threaded the needle on or, you know, nasty lobs. It, it, man, he had a, he had a nasty one Sadiq Bay for a 3 whenever the Hawks started running that two big man lineup and that lineup, Mikey, that lineup, I'm telling you, is starting to work more and more for this team, and they're starting to reap the benefits defensively, and now it's starting to happen on the offensive side. And whenever they get that two-big-man lineup rolling, it's hard for teams to stop. Yeah. Um, I think you're talking about Trey's passing. I think the best attribute of Trey's passing is how patient he is. Now, 
Trey is a very, very fast player. He loves to get downhill. But what I mean by patience is specifically in the pick and roll, Trey will not pick up his dribble. He's going to survey the floor. And until those the two guys that are going to trap him, until they converge on him, he's going to try and look off defenders, try to get his center power forward an easy bucket. Or, you know, or it was in, in this case tonight, DeAndre Hunter three from the corner. There, there is just so many little things that he sees that just the game comes easy to him, and the the patience that he has by not picking up his dribble is what starts that. Uh, the two big man lineup that, that you mentioned, it, yeah, Akangu. You can tell Akangu and Capella are, are playing much better with each other. Um, the Hawks, you know, we, I, I talked about it was a tale of two halves. While Detroit still scored 32 in the third, the Hawks scored 35. So they still ended up, they still ended up winning the quarter, but it just wasn't the type of defense that uh, the Hawks were playing in the first half. Yeah, in the third, it felt like they they started off the third quarter playing pretty decent defensively, and then it just kind of all went to hell in a handbasket, and you know, guys started losing guys in rotations. I remember one play where. Um, Cade was driving, uh, DeAndre was on him, Sadiq for some strange reasons, pointing to DeAndre to go guard his guy. Like, I, 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 I was so confused. Like, Sadiq Bay's defense is, is quite frustrating, my friend. It, it, it can be sometimes, yeah. But when he's got when he's got nights like tonight, what, it, what he's doing on offense, you've got to give and take a little bit just because uh, the Hawks don't have that guy like uh, that Jalen that, that's going to do great things on both ends of the floor like that consistently. Yeah, and Jalen's like a habit creator. Like, he, he creates, you know, total chaos whenever it comes to the defensive end because you don't know he's going to pick up a guard on the perimeter and then he's going to catch somebody you know driving and block one off the backboard because like that's it's just the way Jalen is and how athletic he is and we, we the Hawks miss him in the lineup for sure yeah as we move on here to the fourth quarter uh Wesley Matthews uh with the great with the great highlight play here with it, channeling his inner Trey Young uh, with a behind-the-back pass to Onyeka Kangu for a dunk uh, when he cu- when he cuts through the middle. Uh, but after, I think the big, big shift in this game was when, I said it earlier in my opening thoughts, but Jaden Ivey was getting to the rim at will. And to the middle of the fourth quarter, Detroit went on a run, and it was led by two and one layups on, on Garrison Matthews. I think Garrison just he doesn't have the foot speed to keep up with Ivy, and at that point, uh, Snyder Snyder had to kind of adjust his rotation a little bit. Garrison normally has been playing a little bit in that fourth quarter, uh, probably to like the seven eight minute mark, but uh, I think he did have to take him out a bit earlier here in the fourth quarter because of how uh, Ivy was targeting him. Yeah, and for Ivy, it's just that burst of speed. Ivy Ivy's one of those guys where he if he gets downhill, his change of speed is ridiculous. And he was just blown by guys. It didn't matter if it was DeJounte Murray. It didn't matter if it was Garrison Matthews. He was just blown by him like it wasn't nothing. Yeah. This was this was the Cade and Ivy show early on, early on in the fourth. And the Hawks did just enough, just enough in the early, in the early and middle stages of the fourth quarter uh, to hold a lead because late in the fourth, as as Tim will explain here, it was not the best offensive showing from Atlanta. 
No, and and right before it got really rough, there were some possessions that were phenomenal from Trey in the pick and roll with Capella, where he had a nasty lob for a dunk, and then the next possession they they come back down the floor. Trey has the pick and roll again up high. Clint dives. Trey takes off, and instead of hitting Clint down low, he throws a cross court pass to DeAndre Hunter for a beautiful three. And it felt like after that possession, the Hawks didn't really run the pick and roll that much. It was more of Trey Iso ball. And me personally, as a Hawks fan, I'd rather not see Trey Iso ball, but I understand why the Hawks did it. I think that Trey Young is probably one of the best foul drawers in the league, and he can get to a spot at any time. And it's one of those things where it's like pick your poison, but with Trey. I'd like to see the offense keep running, you know, their normal way, but it's I get it. I get it. Yeah. Trey Trey didn't really have didn't really have the best shot making at the end of this game. He was so good throughout the entire game and then the last three minutes, it just didn't look like the Hawks could find any offensive rhythm and, and Trey kinda took that upon himself but couldn't end up making any shots. But I think something in the fourth we have to highlight, Tim, is just how bothered Jaden Ivey was uh, trying to defend Trey Young on the other side of the court. He <laughs> Trey had him struggling and, 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 you know, screaming at the refs and everything. Ended up drawing a technical foul on Ivey. And Ivey and Marcus Sasser both fouled out of this game uh, trying to guard Trey Young. Uh, so that, that was pretty fun to see if you're a Hawks fan. Yeah, and for Ivey, he was fouling Trey before Trey even got the ball. Like, he was fouling him on inbound plays, and the one he fouled out of the game, he tried to argue with the ref about where he clearly backhands Trey in the face and then has the nerve to talk trash to Trey Young while he's going to the bench, while they're down eight points. Like, it it just doesn't make sense. Maybe that's why Monty doesn't play him too much, because he's just got a mouth on him and nobody likes him. (laughs) It could be. Don't know what goes on on that Pistons team, but... Yeah, regardless, Trey, one of his greatest aspects is getting to that free throw line. And when his shot wasn't working late and when it was was kind of not looking great for the Hawks in an offensive rhythm, him getting to the line uh, really took the Hawks home, if you will, offensively in this game. Yeah, um, Trey Young, I just want to throw this in there. And I know we'll, we'll go into the, the box score in a minute, but I'm just going to throw up the last eight games real quick. The last eight games for Trey Young, 33 points per game, 12 assists per game. He's shooting 48% from the field, 40% from three, and he's 44 or 49 of 55 from the free throw line. If you have a superstar on your team and he is averaging that, I don't know what you can ask for more. Yeah, he's been he's been insane. This is, I think, the best basketball I've seen Trey play in, in his career this stretch here. And if this is what is going to continue, like when Jalen Johnson comes back, this team can go on a run, Tim. I still I still do think that uh, with Quinn Snyder, with Jalen Johnson, with how Bogey has been playing, hopefully he comes back soon. Uh, he was out in this game with, with knee soreness again. But this team, as long as it stays healthy for for, uh, for some period of time, I think they, they can put them together. I really do. Yeah. And we'll go into the box score, starting in the bench, uh, Seth Lundy. Um, eight minutes. I, I thought he played really great defense. He he took one three. 
ended up missing it, ended up with zero points. I thought he played great defense. Um, he he was a, a brush of fresh air, kind of fresh air off the bench. You know, somebody that made clean rotations. He had some heck of a, a few closeouts that were really nice. Um, yeah, I thought he was okay. Yeah, and in, in the nine minutes from Seth Lunny, it's, it's great to see him get regular rotation minutes. And this was really the first time uh, that he's gotten regular rotation minutes that weren't in garbage time. So great to see uh, from Lundy. Garrison Matthews played 23 minutes. He shot two of five from beyond the arc for six points, two blocks, and uh, three rebounds. You love to you love to see the the three point shot that Garrison puts up. You never you know he's never going to be shy about it. He's going to draw charges. I think it, the first half was much better. Uh, the second half kind of kind of struggled a little bit, uh, but still nonetheless he continues to to make an impact in, in the minute he in the minute he plays. Uh, at, at some point, that seems like it, it turns the game in favor of the Hawks, especially in the first half in this one uh, when Atlanta got off to a double-digit lead. Yeah, and I, I thought that Garrison in that first half was, you know, a spark plug kind of for this team, definitely going into the second quarter. Um, Wesley, Wesley Matthews, 15 minutes, uh, one for two from the field, um, two rebounds, one assist, that nasty behind the back to OO. Um, one steal, one block. I, I thought he was great defensively. Um, he did go down in the first half with an injury where he banged knees. Hopefully he'll, he'll be okay. And, you know, the Hawks can, uh, keep using him, you know, until Jalen comes back. Yeah. Uh, did go down, did go down there in the first, in the first quarter, actually near the end. And, uh, he went to the locker room, came back. Uh, but he was, he still played, he still played his Frisco brand of defense, even though, you know, he only played 15 minutes. For Okongwu, he played 23 minutes, shot at five of six from the floor. Um, all those uh, dunks, by the way, uh, with 14 points, uh, uh, one block, one assist, and two rebounds. I think Onyeka Okongwu was really good in this game. I thought both centers really, really played well. And when they were on the floor together, that lineup extended the lead in the second half. Okongwu now is finally starting to to turn into the player that a lot of Hawks fans that are really high on him wanted to see throughout this game, throughout the season. And, you know, the efficiency, the rim protection, the, the strength down low, it's coming back. And it's great to see for Onyeka. Yeah. And speaking of centers and, and dominance, Clint Capella, 27 minutes, 7 from 11 from the field, 15 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, 3 blocks. Like, Clint Capella with another dominant game. I mean, you're talking about all that in 27 minutes. Um, I mean, you can't ask for much more from Clint. I mean, he was dominant tonight. Yeah. Uh, Capella, love to see the 7 for 11 from the field as well. Uh, 17 points, 15 rebounds, 3 blocks. Like, yeah, you're, you're, you're not asking much, much more than that. And uh, the pit, and the Pistons, while it, because they don't have so many good shooters, they're going to drive into the paint a lot. And Capella was able to you know withstand a lot a lot of rim pressure and so he played great tonight deandre hunter in 29 minutes seven of 15 from the field three of six uh five of six from three for 19 points two blocks six rebounds two assists and one steal and for deandre hunter tim you love to see the six rebounds and two blocks dre is not normally a habit creator an energy guy uh but when he adds those peripheral stats on top of shooting uh, efficiently on the offensive end and playing his his good brand of defense, that is what Hawks fans want to see from Dre consistently. Yeah, and I still think for DeAndre, there's still more to be desired on the defensive end. Um, I think that, you know, the knees probably still give him a little bit of problems, but, you know, offensively, he's been phenomenal. Um, Moving on to Sadiq Bey, Sadiq Bey logged a lot of minutes tonight. 42 minutes, 8 from 15 from the field, 2 from 7 from deep. 
two for seven from deep. I'm going to stop right there for a second. It was nice to see Sadiq Bey hit a couple threes. Um, Sadiq's been struggling from three-point land. I know that's still only 28% from deep, but uh, it was nice to see at least a a couple of them go in. He had uh, four rebounds, one assist, two steals, 21 points. I think Sadiq did more damage inside and creating pressure on the rim than he did from outside in this game, but... It was still nice to see a couple threes go in. For sure, for sure. Uh, For DeJounte Murray in 33 minutes, efficient 8 of 13 from the field. He ended with 20 points, 3 assists, 3 rebounds, also added 1 steal and a block. Uh, DeJounte really good offensively in that first half. And then the second half uh, uh, kind of went MIA there. He he took 2 shots and had 0 assists in that second half. Uh, Trey definitely dominated a lot of the ball in the second half. Uh, but but DeJounte, uh, as good as he played in, in that first half, it's weird because Trey had a bad first half, or not even bad, but just not great first half. DeJounte had a good first half. And then DeJounte comes back, has a bad first second half, and then Trey comes out and just, just goes bonkers in, in the second half. So a little bit, little bit, uh, when he's on, he's off. When he's off, he's on. Uh, action there for Atlanta's backcourt tonight. Yeah, I thought DeJounte was really good in the first half. Um, the second half was rough. But, uh, I mean, with Trey dominating the ball in the second half, I understand. Uh, yeah. I'd like to see DeJounte call his number a little more. Um, it felt like he was really passive in the second half, where normally I'd like to see him be aggressive, take the ball to the rack, or, or go find his mid-range shot. It just seemed like he – I don't know. He just didn't have it tonight. Um, moving on to Trey on the player of the game uh 37 minutes eight from 12 from the field four from 11 from deep he shot 12 uh 12 free throws hit 11 of them he had four four rebounds 15 assists five turnovers 31 points trey young continues to dominate sir and i i said it earlier he's the best passer in the nba if you, if, you, if you want to have a chat about it, you know where to find me, but there's no arguing that. I think even at, especially at his size, uh, what he's doing from the point guard position right now uh, in this day, it's just, it's special. And he's continuing to dominate four in a row, 30 and 10 games. Uh, this this stretch, if he can continue to play like this, when Jalen Johnson eventually comes back, this team can do something special. And then they can maybe turn the season around, which is not looking great at the moment. Yeah, and we can um, move and talk about the next game. The Hawks take on the Rockets Wednesday at Toyota Center in Houston. It's going to be one of those games where the Hawks are going to have to bring it offensively. Um, I I don't like this guy. I'm going to say his name one time, and I'm not mentioning him again. Dylan Brooks, um, he, he is a habit creator on defense, and I think the Hawks need to have a plan for him. Hopefully that, um, you know, the Hawks got punked by these guys uh, last year, and I, I hope the Hawks have them on their radar too because they were talking trash to them on Instagram after the game. And for me, it's a little bit of get-back time for them. The, the Rockets are a really good defensive team, top five in defensive rating this year uh, with you know Jabari Smith, Tari Eason, Dylan Brooks, Fred Van Fleet. Jay Sean Tate, Amen Thompson, all those guys I just listed, above average permanent defenders, and and some down low as well. So definitely going to need to be ready to to shoot the ball, bring the offense. Uh, but also for, for the Rockets, they play offense very uh, unlike many teams. You know, similar to how Nikola Jokic kind of runs the offense, if you will, for the Nuggets. Alperen Sengun is like a, a Jokic Jokic light. He'll he'll be a hub for the Rockets, operating out of the high post, uh, get getting a lot of his passes go into his teammates' corner threes and stuff like that. So a little bit of, of, of a different defensive look for the Hawks. Let's see how they fare 
uh, against Shangun in this Rockets team who Van Fleet is still a good point guard, but he's not the playmaker really uh, first that Shangun is. So similar to the Nuggets, let's see how the Hawks can can react uh, to Houston on Wednesday. Yeah, and for me, Trey Young and DeJounte Murray are going to have to show up in this game. Um, and I'll bring up last year a little bit. Last year, Trey Young and DeJounte were talking trash to um, Jabari and, and Jalen Green, and the Hawks were up by 20. Houston comes back and, and gets them. And, you know, you kind of get what you ask for in that in that case. But, you know, for them, they, they just got to show up and, and ball out. And I, I think they could do that. Yeah, especially – how they played, how they played this t- tonight, especially in that first half, they'll be able to do that if, if they bring that energy again. And that'll do it for this episode of the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks podcast. Make sure to follow this podcast wherever you get your podcast content, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can follow me on X at Pinwizard three hundred and follow Tim at Tim Hawks twenty three. Make sure to be on the lookout to receive the latest Hawks coverage from us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see y'all in the next one. Peace. Peace.